Return to Snakeland, a true crime podcast. Hi, I'm Aaron O'Brien, and it's time to return to Snakeland. I'm Jason Gusman, and this is episode one in which we learn what Snakeland was and how it relates to murder, teenage suicide, and Satanism in Kenmore, New York in 1985. Jason, uh, what is Snakeland? Please explain <laughs> it to people who were not around in 1985. It's the big, it's the big question, I think, coming into this. Uh, I got two answers for you. Right. And the first is... Uh, universal type answer. Snakeland, there's a snakeland in pretty much every town or village or city in America. Basically, what we'd be looking for would be a place that was abandoned place, uh, say an abandoned factory, mental hospital, uh, an abandoned warehouse, an abandoned amusement park. It could be any place that at one time had a purpose but then for whatever reason was let, you know, left to rot and then had to take on a new purpose. So nature... absentee landlords led to, led to this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, man. In the, in the case of, in the case of snake land, as we find out one time or another, the actual uh, snake land in Kenmore, um, it really was an absentee landlord situation. Um, you know, I don't want to go too far into, into that right now until we at least get past the, the basics, but you pretty much nailed it, actually. But Take uh, care of your property, people. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. <laughs> you know, prevent murder and suicide and Satanism. Absolutely. But the, the, place, the place would be... Uh, again, that that function that it would it would almost always take on would be a place where kids would go spray paint, break windows, drink beer, smoke weed, have sex, basically a place where kids could prowl, you mm-hmm. know, where they could be away from their parents and their their, you know, crummy brothers and sisters and the cops and teachers, all coaches. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Ministers. Pretty much just, you know, add them to the list. Yeah, know? right, right. And they can just run free and do whatever the hell they wanted. Sure. Oh, sure. And the thing of it was, though, is that pretty much, and, and you see this with other of the, the Snakeland-type places. Like, I, I keep thinking of, I know the place wasn't called Cropsy, but I, I just always flash on that uh, that documentary about the uh, the guy named Cropsy, apparently, and just the abandoned place mm. where he ended up um there's there's always something terrible that happens you know sure. a, a lot of times it'll be the, the terrible thing that happened in the past that gets passed down to everybody or it's the terrible thing that happens while the kids are in that particular place right. partying and 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 you know everything else that that comes with it yeah it's it's a it's a so already we got we got a little a little uh, sinister aspect to it you know this certainly certainly isn't just going to be a party place that's going to be something more again more sinister and maybe it starts as a party place and then some uh, one person or or a small group of people kind of take it too far and Mm. possibly it starts getting it out of control 
And you saw, and that's and that's the thing too, is we're going to talk about this a little bit later as well. You actually saw Snakeland proper after it had stopped being a right. party place for the most part, and became. They saw me coming, and they all laughed. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, <laughs> well, you know, a bare minimum that you know uh, that you know you were you were doing some uh, some urban exploration. And, yeah, uh, yeah. and, and again, you know, it's, it's, it's really, it's really, it's really interesting, but it's also very benign compared to what was going on, uh, previous, you know, yeah. you know four years Dial or back so. the clock a couple of years back and it was totally, you know, off the chain, crazy, crazy partings, uh, party spot and people just doing whatever the heck they wanted. When I got there was there, I mean, people, we did find people there, but not like what, what the tales of it from before were so sure sure yeah i mean because yeah they, they start quoting the number of the number of kids out there in uh the first article we've got from the buffalo news and it's it's pretty impossible to believe you know it <laughs> just it just it just simply can't be right you know right. it's just one of, one of those things but um but yeah let's uh let's let's dig in a little bit to um you know just the the actual uh, Snake Land in Kenmore. This would be this would be the uh, the second piece of this, and this is pretty much like the Snake Land, the actual location. Um, this was yeah, this was our or I won't even say our because this wasn't something that I took part in at all, but just witnessed was this Snake Land was Kenmore, New York's abandoned place in 1985. Right. Uh, it was basically a huge grain elevator. And an adjoining building that was abandoned by its owner in 1965, uh, as you had mentioned earlier, Aaron. Right. Uh, and pretty much after, after that point, you know, um, it 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 was closed and remained closed. It was never it was never used again for its its original purpose. Right, and it was left open, and it was um, in disrepair for quite a long time, and it, it only got worse over time as well. So. Sure. Uh, as as time went on, nobody did anything. There was, I, 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 we can get into full the the distress of this building, but the oh, fact yeah. that young children were running about inside these buildings, <laughs> yes, it has to be to every parent's horror. Sure, and there's you know the different aspects of it. You know, you can you can talk about the uh, the rungless ladder and the the, the midget room. A little yeah. bit later, you know, yeah. if if you, if you would, but these are these are basically the landmarks within Snake Land. You know, I can talk about the general type stuff, but you actually saw some of this, right? So, um, uh, William J. Brown's American Colossus blog. I don't know if it's still. It still is. Last I was uh, maybe a few months ago. It's still there. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. okay, cool, cool. But uh, it, yeah, that stated that the um, the grain elevator was named the Eastern States Farmers Exchange Feed Mill and Grain Elevator, or uh, Eastern States Elevator for short. Um, no one called it that ever, you know, pretty no. much that I knew of in, in Kenmore. I think some folks called it was was it Agway, the Agway the... Building, the grain mills, or of course Snake Lands, you know, maybe the silos, grain silos. But most time it was Agway. Or some people called it Bryant because there was the uh, Bryant uh, heating and cooling name that was on side of it too. So sometimes people call it mm. Bryant. Uh, it must mm. have been some uh, area that they uh, rented out to Bryant, or I don't know. Some it was a, there mm. was a sign there. So gotcha, 
Okay. Yeah. So there, yeah. was, there was yeah some some different yeah obviously some different names for it and stuff and and different uh and different you know time periods when uh, kids would be would be partying there. I you know I don't have any information on. Uh, well, I just I have when it was closed, but no idea really when we'd be looking at kids using it to party or anything, you know, that, that type of thing. When it began. Um, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, in 1985, when we were there and when the lion's share of the strange, sinister, you know, dark occurrences, uh, happened, um, prior to 1985, there were already two deaths in snake land. Yeah. Um, first was a, uh, a fall, Sometime in the 1970s, uh, I don't have anything more specific than that. Uh, we didn't, you know, I wasn't able to get anything uh, further as far as, uh, you know, old records. But pretty much just said that there was there was a death in the 70s. Uh, all indications were that it was accidental, um, but it was pretty much described at least as a fall. So, and that makes perfect sense considering... Well, just, you know, the, the, the size and shape of the place, you know, and the ability to right, uh, right, right. have an accident. However, the second fall that took place before 1985 was uh, June 21st, 1981. And that was a recent Kenmore West High School graduate. We're going we're gonna to refer to him as Joe F., but it's basically been, been said from a few different sources that that Joe F was was in fact a suicide, and he had just graduated. Apparently, it was June twenty first, so that was so that was a especially unfortunate. It was just that it was one one of the two that's gotcha. uh, that's referenced frequently. Well, the ne- the next bit that I wanted to hit on, Aaron, and this is this is kind of going to be divided between the the two of us as far as our actual recollections go, is Kenmore West High School. Okay. Um, in in a in a lot of ways, Kenmore, New York, uh, suburb of Buffalo, was you know very much the you know typical suburb of you know a relatively you know industrial city like mm-hmm. Buffalo. Um, right on I, the border to the city proper too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, um, but I went, I went there from 1984 to 1988 and that time period. Um, so essentially I had real time experience with all the events that we're talking about. And how conscious were you of all the, these things happening? Like, I know, obviously when you're that young, you're kind of like you're in your own world, but obviously you probably hear rumors hear people mm-hmm. say things like how much is that part of your world or, or infiltrating into your world at that moment? That's a good question. For the most part, I'd say that, uh, I was pretty much, you know, in my own world, so to speak. Uh, just well, you most know. teenagers are, of course. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 But, you know, like, you know, basic concerns, you know, it's like rock records and girls and, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, it tend to be pretty, pretty self-absorbed, you know, sure. like, you know, you know, like most teenagers are. But um, it does seem odd to me after the fact, at the very least, all of this would have been happening in a relatively short period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll get into the specifics of of the uh, of of the stuff. Well, hell, why don't I just get in the specifics of the stuff now? Essentially, the reason that we're doing this, the reason that 
the blog is happening, the reason that we created our, uh, our graphic novel in the first place was because there were really difficult to believe number of deaths and mm-hmm. just pretty much just really unfortunate events happening at Kenmore West during that time period. And looking back on it now and counting it all up and that sort of thing, it seems crazy. It seems, seems unreal that all that could happen within a, a couple of years, like two or three years. Absolutely. And and for me, for me personally, it just it seems so strange to me that I wasn't more conscious of it at the time. This definitely mm-hmm. plays off of your point about the uh, you know just just being a self absorbed teenager and things. But sure, there were there were specific specific stuff. Um, there were a number of suicides. That occurred. The Buffalo News article that uh, that we're going to discuss at one point or the other marks it out as there being five suicides over the course of uh, a little over a year. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of that, suicide, yeah. for, especially you know, for young 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 teenagers. Absolutely, absolutely. I only knew of three of those, and those were the ones that I ended up including in the. Uh, uh, Return of Snakeland graphic novel. As it turns out, apparently there were at least five, and other people, you know, maybe not as official as a uh, as an article in the Buffalo News, but stating outright that there were definitely seven. Now, wow. you know, who knows? That may that may involve other uh, kids in the area sure. who didn't yeah. actually go to West. They may have gone to you know Kenmore East. Or you know one of the one of the private schools in the area. There's or a, maybe or over the border in in the Buffalo over by Riverside, which is borders that area as well. Yeah, so because that that also no that in, that includes um, well on on the other side of things uh, there was uh, the the piece of this that that bothers me the most is the murder of Kathy Harold. And so. I didn't, I didn't really know Kathy. We weren't, we weren't, we weren't friends or anything along those lines, but she sat in front of me in homeroom. Uh-huh. And then when sophomore year began, the second half of 1985, uh, her desk was empty because she had been murdered. Right. Uh, she had been murdered in Snakeland, and pretty uh-huh. much that all really focuses our graphic novel, but also this, this podcast her murder has never been solved. Uh, there are a number of individuals who claim to have knowledge of who, who murdered Kathy. A number of uh, theories of what happened to her. Absolutely that too. And that we're also looking at the the linking, probably, eh, can't really say if it was appropriate or not, really not, not being there, but with, with Satanism, which was mm-hmm. happening that kind of link was happening constantly during this period because this was the height of the satanic panic. This, this whole situation where uh, folks like the McMartin school nursery uh, school. Yeah. 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 Who you were accused of uh, either, you know, killing or molesting children, which the stories became more and more outlandish as time goes on, which was proven to be completely false. But at the time it was like, you know, everyone's like biggest fear, you know, you drop your kids off at a preschool and they're part of sure. like satanic rituals. So yeah, right. it was, yeah. it was crazy. 
Right. And it just, it's just, you know, it's, it's, as you said, I mean, like, uh, unfortunately, you know, it did play upon, you know, parents' worst fears, but in the case of the McMartins, pretty much everybody, all the accusations against them were eventually dismissed. Same thing happened in Jordan, Minnesota, where it's, you know, satanic abuse was also supposed to happen across an entire town. And everybody, I think, except for like, there was like one like homeless child molester guy who actually was guilty and, you know, like was, was, uh, was, you know, was jailed. But Um, it had nothing to do satanism or it's just he was obviously just a a guy who was a complete mental mess oh sure yeah no um and that's and that's the thing is that the other the other people involved like the mcmartins especially um they they never they never lived that down because you know after all that you know stuff that was spewed out about satanism and what they did and this ludicrous trial that everybody was innocent and right. those charges never should have been never should have been brought. Right. That's yeah. So that's that's pretty that's pretty intense. Again, this is kind of linking back to uh, to Kathy's murder, and we're going to go pretty in depth over the course of the podcast into Kathy's murder and uh-huh. who uh, who the suspects are or may be, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So right. there's going to be yeah, a lot a lot to unpack there. Absolutely. Um, so as far as the murders went, the other the other big one was uh, was John Justice. John Justice had murdered his uh, brother, his father. I'm sorry, his brother, his mother, and then his father, uh, right. just to make sure it's all in order. And and this was uh, this was on uh, September of 1985. So basically, again, not that mysterious, but it is you know, pretty severe. And, and again, at this point, I don't remember thinking about this stuff as being really horrific or that I was, you know, filled with anxiety over it or anything along those lines, but it was all, all happening during, during this, during the same period. Right. Yeah. um, That we'll be getting into later. And then for myself, you know, uh, I mm-hmm. came after all this. I mean, there are some that there was echoes of this happening that of all the stuff that was going on. So I, I moved into the area, the Buffalo Kenmore area when I was in 1988 and I started my freshman year at Kenmore West. And then I graduated in 1992. I had a, a, just a curious uh, nature about like finding things that were, dangerous for some reason i had i don't know why i was drawn (laughs) to that but i wanted to find what's the the scariest place in this whole and i would ask and i asked a lot of the you know the metal heads you know Mm -hmm. and uh they would be like oh you got to go to snake land so i had a senior take me there to snake land in my freshman year and uh we got (laughs) we got chased out by one of the workers in one of the neighboring buildings he was like you can't be here you gotta get out so but I knew where it was then. So then I had to go check it out. So then later on, like on a weekend, I took me and some friends. We went and we went and checked it out, you know, and and then it, multiple times. I I don't know how many times, but maybe 20 times or so. Uh, I Maybe more. I can't I can't really say we were we went there a lot, you know, over the years. It was an enormous building, two buildings. They were mm-hmm. just gigantic. I mean, the, the silos are huge. You can fit, you know, 
probably a large Cadillac in the middle of one silo with still room to move. You know, it's, it's that. Wow. And I don't know how many uh, silos there were, but it had to be well over 20 of these. So it just stretched, you know, really far. And there were stairways that went up, but the stairways, um, because people didn't want the kids to get in there, they knocked all the steps out. So these were metal stairways that they, they took out. And, but you could still shimmy up the, the two, uh, the side rails of the Mm -hmm. stairs. Mm -hmm. So that's what we would do. And you want to talk about insanity of climbing up these, (laughs) shimmy up these things. And you're looking down easily 50 feet down sometimes. Uh, so there's that. There's also, uh, I mean, just numerous graffiti pentagrams everywhere. Uh, all sorts Mm -hmm. of insane, uh, things written on walls and, and pictures. So it, and I, in a lot of ways, it was uh, like a gallery that a, a young teenage boy would just, just be like laughing at and, mm-hmm. and looking mm-hmm. at horror at, and there's just so much to see, you know? So you're just like, you're taking all this in and you've never seen anything quite like this before. So, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I had heard uh, about Kathy's murder. I had heard about John justice, but mm-hmm. I mean, that happened by that time, you know, like four years, maybe maybe three years before me. So it seemed like an eternity for me at that time, a teenager oh, sure. who's 15, 16 years old. So mm-hmm. I thought about it, but not really deeply, you know. So okay. and and we had I always assumed that <laughs> at that time that the Satan worshipers must have came there at night or something, because I we would ran into kids once in a while when we were there. Mm-hmm. But not too often, because not a lot of people were brave enough to go inside of this place, because it was really scary. And right. uh, we had the police right. called on us a couple times. We had to hide out inside the building so the police wouldn't find us. So right. it, it was not a safe place. Um, and that we didn't get injured or die is, mm-hmm. you know, pretty, pretty insane. <laughs> well, it's it's just great, to me at least, that you had that experience of of prowling around the place and, you know, and running from the cops and doing things that were dangerous. But it, I mean, it still strikes me as being a pretty benign experience. You know what I mean? Is like that this wasn't, even though, you know, there was, you know, fragments of Satanism still kicking around. I don't know if that was, do you know, Aaron, do you feel like that was at the time or that was something that was, um, just left over from, you know, like uh, the period when I was going to school. You know, it could have been both. Honestly, mm-hmm. it could have been like there was a heyday and maybe there were some leftover people that went there. I got to tell you, going through that building at night would be completely terrifying. Um, just be mm. n- not just because, you know, it was creepy as hell. It's just it is also just dangerous if you can't see what's going on. I mean, there would just be literally just holes in the floor one foot or maybe two foot by three foot for no apparent reason. And Mm -hmm. if you weren't paying attention, you would just fall, you know? Right. Um, Right. And there was machinery Mm -hmm. that was obviously all rusted and decayed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you could hurt yourself on that. Of course. I mean, there, Mm -hmm. I mean, and then just, like I said, climbing up the stairs to get into places, it it would to go to get higher in the higher uh, levels of the place would be, Mm -hmm probably next to impossible unless you had a decent enough light. So I would think that if there were Satanism or any of that kind of stuff going on, 
Um, at my time, it was probably to a very small group of people. You know, okay. That, that were doing okay. it. it, it uh, there were evidence that people were still there, but I mean, mm. it was hard to say. I mean, we didn't, we weren't there every day, of course. Can yeah, I ask it, a, yeah. No, go ahead. Yeah, no, it was a, but I was going to say it was just a, it was a very, very creepy place to be into, but it was also exhilarating at the same time. So, which mm-hmm. I was looking. No, that makes sense. All right. Um, I wanted to ask you about the uh, the comments that that I had seen on that American Colossus blog uh, about specifically about the uh, the Agway or uh, you know whatever it was what what essentially Snakeland. The one fellow had said, "I remember the story on the top of the White Tower. Mm-hmm. Let my ashes float in my universe, or something similar." Was always rumored that was a suicide note. Crazy times. Um, did, do you, I mean, I'm assuming he was talking about the midget room. No. So this, the, okay. the midget room. So if there's two, two buildings side by side, uh, with a okay. train, uh, I believe one train, uh, rail that ran between them that the, like a train car would go through. And then there was multiple train rails on the opposite side, but okay. it had, it had, uh, a, the, the silo building, which would be the white tower that he's speaking of. Cause it was, it was concrete. And it was okay. it was more of a gray, but it was a very pale gray, so it looked almost white in the sunlight. And then there was a full brick building, and we called this one Bryant because this one had the word Bryant written on it. Oh, um, okay. And um, but it didn't matter. It was just uh, it was. It, but this was the 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 brick building was far more complicated because this is where they did the the grain sorting. So there's all sorts of shoots coming through all the different mm. floors and sorting mechanisms and stuff like that. Wow. And, uh, and on the top of, of that brick building was the midget room. It was the mm-hmm. very, very top and it was a very short room. I don't know if it was, it might've been like maybe just under six feet tall. So it felt weird. Cause it, I mean, I, I don't know if you've ever been like in a very short basement or something like that where there's just not a lot of room for your head space. That's kind of how it felt. But mm-hmm. we were also young, so um, mm. it, it, maybe we weren't just grown tall enough to hit our heads on the top of it. So maybe it was a little bit shorter, but it, it, it was very mm. short. So it had to be between five to six feet high. So that's why they called the midget room because it was right. supposed for right. small people. On the, in the midget sure. room, there was just this gigantic congealed, um, I don't know, wax or something of a giant pentagram, like enormous. It was huge. Mm. It was, you know, maybe... Uh, six by six or eight by eight uh, feet, you know, okay. I mean, very, very okay. big. So something went on up there at some point, uh, not to mention just, you know, spray painting of all sorts of stuff for 666 and, and other pentagrams mm-hmm. and Satan, all sorts of other stuff written there. It's lots sure. of Ozzy too, Ozzy Osbourne. So, <laughs> right. Got it. So, Got but it. that, that, that poem that, that he's referring to in the white tower, there was a very long poem that was written in spray paint at the very top. Strangely enough, I do not understand why, but all through the one side of the tower, there were, there's these double doors that would go every couple floors and double doors would open up to like the outside. And so you could literally just open these doors and you would just, if you obviously walk through, you would fall to your death. So right. I remember seeing that one of the uh, one of the uh, the posters that you had put together was a set of those doors. And and I, I honestly never knew until this day uh, what the uh, what the source of that was. So there you go. 
I, it must have been a way to, for them to hoist things up into different areas. Maybe there was like a, a like a, mm. a witch system or something. I don't really understand what that would even be. Why you would need that? Um, <laughs> but it, it was there, and mm-hmm. it you know, believe me, I, I got on the roof of both the the back tower and the front tower, or however you want to say, on the on either side of the towers. And uh, when you get up there, you are extremely high up. And mm. you can see all of Kenmore, all of the parts of Buffalo. I mean, it's it's it was a majestic mm. view for sure. But right. I had heard that this poem was written by either a friend or somebody that knew the person that jumped off the suicide. Um, oh, okay. all sorts of rumors went around with that. Uh, all sorts of rumors, like that the person committed suicide and, but the cop showed up and he landed on top of the car on one of the cop cars and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. who knows what was true? I mean, there's no Not way we're sure. going to know unless we knew somebody that was there or something happened at that time. So, right. Right. Wow. That's, that is wild. I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know that there was a connection there between potentially to the, uh, the suicide that we'd, uh, we discussed there. Right. But um, there's the other piece that I wanted to ask you about, but quoting here, there was a story of a girl who tied to a rope from the top of one of the silos, jumped with a can of red spray paint and sprayed a line on her way down and see if we could find the red line. It's pretty broken up. We hmm. never made it through the whole thing to prove if that possibly happened or not. Is, is this something you even had uh, heard of at some point, or it, was there a red line that people had referenced and said, "Hey, that's that girl"? You know, um, I, I had never heard this before. I mean, this. I mean, mm. but let me just say, there was so much graffiti throughout these buildings; mm. it would be hard to see just one red line. You know, I mean, so, um, and honestly, a girl that would tie a rope to jump down would be out of her damn mind. Like I, I can't even <laughs> like the height is, would be staggering. You know, you're, you're talking easily like, I don't know how, like 40 feet, 50 feet, maybe taller. I'm, I'm not sure how tall those silos were, but they are really, really big. Right. You, you know? know, and also for her to have to coordinate, you know, the, uh, the red spray paint and, you know, killing herself and the, the rope, you know, like yeah. whatever. Yeah. It's, that's, that's pretty involved. It's pretty involved, you know. I don't know so. if that would really work, you know. I don't know if yeah. that would Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, at <laughs> least we can we can we can rest easy tonight knowing that you have disproved uh one of the many rumors about well, Snowland. I don't know. Maybe, but I I mean I just seems <laughs> insane that anybody would do you'd have to be on a lot of LSD to do something like that. Sure, so sure. But yeah. logic dictates that you know this this most probably didn't happen. Okay. Right, exactly. All right. So <laughs> the next bit, uh, I'm going to I'm going to read uh, this article is Satanic Scene Worries Police in North Suburbs by Gene Warner. And this was uh, the Buffalo News Sunday, July 21st, 1985. This would be approximately uh, like, well, basically 20 days after uh, the murder of Kathy Harold. Right. The scene had become a familiar one in the town of Tonawanda near the Kenmore border on Friday and Saturday nights, up to 90 young persons, 90, <laughs> 13, <laughs> 13 to 20 years old, gathered in a badly overgrown area dubbed Snakeland to drink beer, smoke marijuana, 
engaged in some sexual activity and chant satanic messages from heavy metal rock music albums. Satan, 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 the group chanted. Dead or unconscious pigeons that had been shot with BB guns were burned on an open fire near an altar. And at least one member of the group either ate part of a snake or put the snake up to his mouth, according to differing accounts of the incidents. Police and the young people themselves agree on those points, but the strangling of a 15-year-old Kenmore girl, whose body was recovered about 500 yards away from Snakeland on July 1st, has ignited a controversy over whether the young people have been involved in actual satanic rituals. While police have found no direct link between the death of Catherine Harold and any satanic-like cult, her friends say she was a participant in the events that some police call satanic rituals and that the participants call large beer marijuana parties. I doubt very much that anyone ever called them large beer <laughs> marijuana parties, but there we are. Jason, uh, let's go to the beer marijuana party. <laughs> is it large? It it's is large. large. Yes, there we go. I don't go to the small ones. <laughs> she did the same as everybody else, said one 18-year-old who attended the Snakeland parties. She just went up there to party, to drink. Police also say the girl attended some of the parties. Everyone that was there came to party, one boy added. It was a lot of fun. It was a way to get away from the cops and all the hassle. But even police who witnessed the parties are cautious about labeling the group a true satanic cult. As far as I can determine, there are about eight of them that are into Satanism, said Officer Tom Hinchy of the Kenmore Police Juvenile Aid Bureau. Remember that name, Tom Hinchy. He's going to come up again later. Hmm. I'm not sure they're into Satanism per se. They may just be in it to seek attention. It was mostly a beer blast, and I could smell pot, he said. They were screaming, seance. They'd have a seance and then go back to drinking. It was a good excuse to have a party. How else are you supposed to reach the uh, the other world other than drinking and, and marijuana, really? <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say, like, the whole the whole New Age community is going to have something to say about that in the end, sure. the end result. But, you know, <laughs> I just I, that's how I feel, you know. Yeah, right. Things. right yeah. And, again, something, something else here um, – uh, numbers are going to play a factor in some of this stuff, and we're going we're gonna to come back to it. But referring to the eight ringleaders, Hinchy asked, are they heavily into the satanic part of it, or are they into the attention-getting part? I don't know. Whether or not Kenmore and Town of Tonawanda young people are into devil worship, no one can deny that satanic messages contained in heavy metal albums by mm -hmm. Led Zeppelin... Venom, Black Sabbath, Iron Maiden, and other groups have become the graffiti rage on park benches in Mang Park and on the abandoned grain silos off Military Road. The word Satan, written with an upside-down T representing an inverted cross, can be seen all over, apparently written in blood in one place. There are other symbols like the Devil's Star, which I assume is a pentagram, and scrawled messages like, Jesus hates you. Satan loves you. Of course. And, okay. and just so uh, listeners know, if you're not sure, if you weren't aware, Mang Park that they mentioned is like, you could look down Mang Park and you could see uh, the actual silos right where that was. So 
very absolutely close. and that's also uh mang avenue was where john justice lived in fact yeah, you right could, on that could, street right on yep that street. absolutely and he could i mean they could see snake land from uh from where they lived uh but again you know, uh, there's there's a lot to unpack there, too. Well, and, you know, he was just angry that he wasn't invited to the large beer marijuana parties. <laughs> Weren't we all? Weren't we I all? was. I know I was. Feeling was. a little, feeling a little I, left out. Yeah. I didn't murder anyone. I was. That's no, no, not because of it, but, no. you know, you were upset. I was. I understand. I was. This next article is Youth Satanic Worship Concerned Police by Anne-Marie Wiss, or Weiss, uh, mm -hmm. the Tonawana News, 1985. So this says, It may not have come to the surprise of the town of Tonawana police that Catherine Harrow's mother wanted them to look for her teenage daughter in the area of the grain silos on Military Road after the girl had been reported missing last week. Teens have been uh, drawn to the uh, vacant drain silos and nearby empty warehouse for at least the past 20 years. During that time, two boys fell to their deaths while exploring the gutted buildings. Efforts have been made by private citizens and area legislators to have the structures demolished or permanently sealed, but the complicated, uh, but the, but the complicated search for the facility's owners and the lack of money has stalled the speedy actions. There you go. Absentee landlords. Hey, you know, it's that proves it. <laughs> uh, within the past two, uh, two months, town police have heightened their efforts to break up gangs of youth at the site because of recent evidence of devil worship there. Police say that they have seen as many as 90 youths between the age of 13 and 19. Again, with the, the 90 youths. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I yeah. mean, good God. You know, it's like police say they have seen... Did they think to jump up and stop 90 youths from getting together and, you know, having a party in Snakeland? I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, they necessarily should have. I'm no, no narc. But, but, but know, still. It's a lot of kids. That's a uh, lot of kids. Yeah. So 90 youths between the age of 13 and 19 assembled in the area, which is known as Snakeland by the youths. Drinking alcohol, doing drugs seem to be a common practice by the use, but satanic actions appear to be creeping into the purpose of the gathering, police says. According to Officer Tim Hinchy of the Kenmore Police Department Juvenile Aid Bureau, evidence of animal sacrifice had been found at the site. Members of the group eat snakes, burn pigeons alive, and once hung a stray dog. Hinchy said, uh, and she said, investigations of the area had turned up a decapitated pigeons and mutilated snakes, as well as uh, graffiti written on the walls of the silos, presumably in blood, and painted uh, the label and paint that label that area as belonging to the devil. The entry to Devil Land, the town police said. Not all of them are into Satanism. Some just come to watch. Come, let's watch the Satanism, children. <laughs> and she said, noting that there are eight who uh, form the nucleus of worshipers. Those who are involved are troubled youth, according to Hinchy. Okay, I, wa I want to pause you here because, again, it's, well, it just, you know, Hinchy, Hinchy's, you know, pretty much going to be rattling this saber for the next couple of years. But, um, again, with the eight 
individuals who form the nucleus of worshipers. There's mm-hmm. eight of them that, 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 are, that are that specific, you know, it's, and it's apparently just telling the same story to, you know, both of the individuals, you know, that he that he spoke with, I guess, you know, but uh, right. it does seem a little little uh, little odd that they'd be this specific. Right. Um, the article continues. Uh, they've never done well at anything and have been involved in crime, drugs and alcohol. He said, adding, uh, adding, they perform bizarre acts to be noticed by their peers. Um, well, that's disparaging. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Again, we're making a lot of assumptions about these kids and, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a little much. Yeah, um, their uh, their gatherings, in addition to animal sacrifice, include marijuana, beer, sex in the grass. And she says, "That sounds wonderful." Yeah, I know. He's like he's doing a really bad job of like trying to dissuade kids to go to Snake Land because <laughs> that's like an advert. That's why basically. after this report yeah. came out, that's where it went over ninety kids. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> Did you pick up the paper this morning? Um, There's marijuana, beer, and sex in the grass. You know, so. uh, yeah. He says that use abuse substances more than worship Satan. I'm not so sure the kids know what they're getting into, Hinchy said. He said mm-hmm. the leaders are vying for attention rather than following a, court, a cult religion, although the situation is something to be concerned about. Hinchy and his department was first made aware of possible Satan worshipers in the area uh, a year ago, when they responded to a call and found young uh, found a youth sleeping in a homemade coffin, satanic acts then <laughs> became common knowledge among teen population. That if you, was what set it off, Eric. Yeah, the coffin, yeah, is the kid <laughs> with the homemade coffin. You know, it's just uh, there. We go. Sorry, please continue. Uh, if if you mention certain names to certain area youth, they would say yes, he's into Satanism. Hinchy says. He added, however, the group has a tight code of ethics dealing with squealers. So that's pretty much the only the only part of this that I want to bring up to to take really seriously is just because it it directly relates to uh, the murder of Kathy Harrell, which, by the way, both of these articles, you know, uh, were were pretty much the uh, the first really uh, widespread attention given to Snakeland and by definition to, to Kathy Harold's murder. Mm-hmm. And she's barely mentioned in either of them. You know, it seems, it seems really inappropriate, but yeah, like a, like a, a footnote, just that somebody died. Actually, this, did they even talk about it in the Tonawana news? Uh, this one, I think, I think they, they maybe mentioned her like first. Yeah. It's the first paragraph. Oh yeah. That's, so they, it. Yeah, That's right. it. Yeah. So, I mean, at the, yeah, it's almost like just kind of like an offhand, you know, it's a little offhand reference, you know, um, but but this this piece at the end, the idea that he added, the group has a tight code of ethics dealing with squealers uh, that you might miss that, you know, in terms of seriousness, because the rest of it seems so. Again, it's just the same the same goofy stuff about, you know, burning headless pigeons and, and that garbage. But yeah. um, the group did have a tight code of ethics dealing with squealers uh because after kathy was murdered um it's it's not so much i don't think that anyone had given an indication to anybody else that they would be in trouble if they if they if they went to the cops with the information about who they thought had killed kathy but people did not 
go to the authorities mm-hmm. at all. And there was even people, you know, people who knew stuff and, and, you know, who tried, you know, I know of it, I know of at least a couple, you know, for the most part, if you've got 90 kids at a large uh, beer, sex, marijuana party, sex on the know, yeah, sorry, thank you. Um, then you've got, you know, you've got, you've got a lot of kids who yeah. have heard a lot of stuff and at the very least, if they don't have direct knowledge could have led to something right. that would have helped to at least make an arrest or something in, 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 in terms of Kathy's murder. Right. But, but we're going to, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that more in the next episode when we're going to begin discussing, uh, the details of Kathy Harold's murder and, you know, essentially what, uh, what went on from there. A lot to get into a lot, a lot of information to go through too. A lot of unknowns, but a lot of knowns mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a. Uh, it's it's definitely worth uh worth uh worth sifting through. That's that's for certain. Did you yeah, did you have anything more you wanted to say, Aaron, about the uh the articles that uh that I, we just went through? I I find it funny that the articles <laughs> um I mean they're almost like a warning sign to like, you know, keep your kids home and stuff like that. Which okay, mm-hmm. first of all, if you have a teenage kid and they're taken off in the middle of the night i i I don't know what's going on in your house but maybe you gotta Mm -hmm. check your parenting style (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i mean i know it does happen sooner or later kids sneak Mm -hmm. out but uh it's pretty crazy so and also the reports is like now did the reporter come and embed himself into the uh, the party and watch this happen? Or is this just a police like sitting by outside and just watching these 90 kids all, you know, right. chant Satan and seance and drink beer and right. have sex in the grass, you know? Well, you were, you were just talking about the, uh, you know, the parenting skills of, of some of these individuals. If they're, they're letting the kids out in the middle of the night, but talk about your police force. You know, it was just like, you know, just again, 90 kids, just having a good time and yeah. you guys i guess are approaching them in the grass you know <laughs> avoiding you know kids having sex you know that kind of thing right up oh, there's um, another couple having sex in the grass yeah, there you go yeah so yeah and, and so that that does add up a lot of like questions uh what's going oh, on yeah. So, oh yeah oh um, yeah and as you said the uh the 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 point of view that you know that is described is like okay is this you know the writer embedded or is this just you know the uh the very ineffectual police force and then the police this. just literally just saying these these kids have never done anything uh decent in their life or whatever what does it said they've never done any, uh, done well at anything and they've been involved in crime drugs and alcohol <laughs> yes absolutely so i mean yeah yeah I, it's kind of like just a blanket statement and you feel bad you know i I don't know who these eight individuals are, but um, mm. it just seems kind of like rough to do that to a bunch of teenagers. It's a, it's an older mindset too. It feels like a very 1950s ish mindset, you know? Well, it's like, it's kind of, it's kind of um, going back and forth between that. Like you have that definitely that, you know, that very scolding type of mindset about, you know, what the kids are, are actually doing. But then, you know, like in, in effect, as I, I was saying earlier, you know, it's like the ability to just like, let them, let them go and, uh, and do whatever they, that they want to do, right, you know, right. is, is, is something, is something else entirely, you know? Right. So it's, it's, it's a very strange combination. You know, I think, I think, you know, from being in Kenmore, Kenmore, Kenmore is a weird place. 
and uh, it doesn't seem like it is, but it is. And it seems uh, it seems seems very like uh, small town ish. Like, oh, this is a a quaint little town. But then the veneer, mm -hmm. you take the veneer off of it, and there's a lot of just. I mean, we'll get into more and more as time goes on. But oh, sure, all all the all the you know, there's an underbelly to, and I I suppose there's an underbelly to every little town and every city. But Mm -hmm. you know, there's enough to happen all at once to make things like get really out of control and, yeah. and it makes you question what, what was happening. So. No, absolutely. And that's, I mean, and that's essentially why we're here talking about this stuff is because yeah, if, if, if it was, if it was just, you know, Kenmore was just your typical, typical suburb, but you know, within it, there was just all this really strange stuff happening all at once you know it was definitely it was definitely like your own you know twin peaks kind of situation but right, like what um, was going on right yeah right right and uh yeah unfortunately i you know it, it's uh we'll have to leave until far far further into the into the podcast to actually uh, identify or, or take issue with uh with uh with that you know what was behind all of this was there was there something specific? Was it Satanism? You know, um, I think I think you know already we're kind of looking at you know these things with very uh, you know jaundiced eye, but you know still um, we try to keep an open mind as we as we go through the process. Absolutely, so. yeah. So uh, next episode we'll get into more of what happened with Kathy Harold, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll try to point out all the different things there that we have to uh, plot out because that is that's important to that, to this whole story as well. If you don't have those facts, then uh, you're missing a huge chunk of what happened. You, You got it. The return to snake land podcast was created by Aaron O'Brien and Jason Gusman. All music written and performed by Dotson Moon. If you like what you've heard, you can access more Dots and Moon music at dotsandmoon.bandcamp.com. If you have any information as to the 1985 murder of Kathy Harold, please contact us at our email address, returntosnakeland at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you have an interest in further historic materials from the period or information on the Return to Snakeland graphic novel, please come see us at returntosnakeland.com. If you would like to contribute in order to ensure the future of this podcast, you can find our Patreon at patreon.com front slash return to snakeland. Thanks for everything. See you next time.